Hey, everybody. We're Bob and Audrey, a husband and wife team. And this is our podcast all about relationships. We are marriage and relationship enthusiasts. Believe me, there is a God-given design to thrive in both life and love. And we think that Jesus is amazing and worth following with everything you have. On this podcast, we are putting together the truths and best practices we have learned over our 35 years of marriage, and more specifically, over the past 18 years, where we have spent our lives helping people love their relationships. After getting through our own family crisis, we became passionate about rescuing and mentoring others. We have authored numerous books and developed on-demand courses that can be found on our website, lovemarriedlife.com. And with all that said, let's dive into the episode for this week. Welcome to this week's podcast. We are Bob and Audrey, and we are so very, very grateful that you've chosen to invest in your life and with us. Exactly, because all about relationships, the principles we talk about today are going to apply to every single relationship you have, and you have made the time to listen. And that makes me so proud of you, because as these the the principles that we're going to talk about will set you up for great relationships with your family, your coworkers, your friends. I mean, why not? What a concept. All about relationships. <laughs> yeah. Last week, Audrey, there yes. were kind of two points uh, that we hit hard on. Mm-hmm. And and the first one was having to de- having to do with worth. Yes. You know, seeing the worth or the value uh, of the other person, whether mm-hmm. that be your spouse, your children, a friendship, uh, a colleague, but knowing not just the intrinsic value you know that they have, but how God sees them and loves them, that He wants you to be an agent of love to that individual. And even when their differences are like they're they're being so different, they're driving you crazy. They could even, yeah be yeah, very offensive. Very offensive. Can you have eyes to see instead of just? being obsessed with the differences, can you be amazed by how love works and how to choose love and say, you're worth this? Mm-hmm. And and when that happens, uh, you know, the scripture says, love covers yeah, a, multitude a multitude of, of sins. Sin. Yeah. It's surprising sometimes. And then there's this, you know, pop culture phrase where it says, love is blind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but also we choose what we think about. And I think so many times but, we can get so obsessed with yeah. those differences that yeah. we're not choosing to see. Right. And and I need to correct that because love oh. is not blind. No. Infacu- infatuation is. Yes, it is. Lust is. Yes. Th- those are blinding elements. And we shared but our love, love has story. Nothing to do with it was that. fun sharing our love story because our infatuation season is awesome. Oh yeah. It was fun chemistry time. Yeah. And I don't ever want that chemistry to stop doing its electric work in us. I mean, that's part of the fun. That's part of enjoying relationships. Yeah. So today we want to, you know, continue with the story. Mm-hmm. You know, this is our our personal story, and we've written it in a book. Um, it, the book is entitled Marriage Undercover, Thriving in a Culture of Quiet Desperation. And you can find that in the notes or go to our website, bobandaudrey.com. It's been translated in uh, several different languages, distributed bestseller around the world. Um, because this is something that you and I mm-hmm. never even would consider even possible that it would be a part of our life. And what we're talking about in the podcast, you won't even find in the book because we've come mm-hmm. to new layers of honesty with each other, even yeah. since we wrote the book. 
And so that's part of how healing works. You continue to work through and walk the journey yeah. of whatever comes your way. Last week, Bob, I talked about um, the being, trap, the trap, and being caught in that quiet desperation and not talking to you about it. I really yeah. want to make that clear. I was not communicating the desperation that I was living in it, to you. And it gets scary. Yeah. It, it gets scary because some. I think sometimes people feel that they've gone so far. And, and in, in that then now, How I, do I, get I, out I know this? I've crossed the line. That's where we ended. Yes. And so what I want to do is just stop and never, ever go there again. I'll never, tell you where, ever do I'll that tell you again. What the wrestling, I'll tell you where the wrestling happened because you asked when did, the last question you asked was, when did I know it? Basically, did you know that you would cross the line? And I can yeah. remember that. And I made a decision that the pleasure and the comfort and the escape were worth it. That's what I, I have to say, as sad as it is to tell you that, I said, I can still control it. It's never gotten physical. This is just a friendship, even though it fed something in me and I recognize that, I'm going to continue because this is worth it, the comfort and the escape that I feel. Mm-hmm. Pure selfishness. But also the element of control. Yes. You're, you are still feeling, Yes, I've got control here. Mm -hmm. So that went on for a year or two. I don't, I mean, maybe not since that point, but the friendship was a year or two. And then, um, it just started getting slightly physical, you know, just little rubbing your shoulders against each other or touching your hand or something like that. And even though that touch wouldn't have been significant with someone else, it was significant with that person because my heart was involved. In well, them. you were making deposits yes, I in was. each other's, you know, mm-hmm. hearts and lives. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was a, a mutual, you know, you, there, there was a pursuit, you know, of the yes. other person, Yes. but it, as well, it's not that you want to hang blame there no. because you, we always need to take, you know, personal our own personal responsibility yes. and for you to be able to say, no, this was something that I was willing to compromise my own and, values and for. Risk, risk everything that I had in 17 years of marriage. I had never touched another man or held a hand you know, or something like that, because I knew that I knew that it was wrong. So this part of the story goes fast because as soon as it got physical, you're, it's, it's like you go, it goes faster than you ever thought it would because mm. now you've crossed the line, you've made a compromise, we've held hands or whatever that is. I don't want to go into a lot of detail no. about the next part, but that friendship became a sexual affair and that affair lasted for three weeks. And that's when I had to, I, I remember once it became sexual, I lived in horrific dichotomy of my identity. I would cry in the fetal position saying, who am I? How do I stop this? How did I get into this? How do I end this? Who do I tell? I mean, the questions bombarded me day and night. There was nothing fun anymore. This was just a disaster. It was like a drug that I had to do again, but I didn't want to. You know, it's this weird thing that you you go to the drug, even though you shouldn't go to the drug and you don't, you know, it's hurting you. And, and I think that this is very similar with any addiction is that you give in and you hate yourself for what you're doing. So that lasted for three weeks, but then I, um, I just, I, I don't know what it was inside of me, but I just said, that's it done go. He, he left the city and now I was left to 
deal with the aftermath. And in my own survival to protect myself, I decided that I would never tell anybody and that this would be a secret for nobody knows that it would be the secret for the rest of my life. That was the best way to keep hurt away from Bob and the family. And so um, that only lasted a couple days. And then I, I because I, I started to get in touch with my heart again. I mean, here I am alone. He's gone. And I just said, Jesus, oh my gosh, I can't believe I've done this, God. I just got so honest with God. How can I live? You know, forgive me for this incredibly selfish and stupid choice that I made. And, you know, I immediately knew in my heart that God had forgiven me, but I also heard the voice of God in my heart, still small voice. None of us actually hear the physical voice of God. I mean, I, not that I know of, but I, I knew that my heart was in my heart. God was saying to me, you have to tell Bob. I was like so scared, so scared because not only, I mean, I had in the 17 years of our marriage, I felt I was protecting you from anything negative and wouldn't tell you anything negative in our relationship. That's why we didn't fight. I made sure we never fought and we never had too many controversial, confronting conversations because I don't like those kind of conversations. But this was the conversation of all conversations. And I remember exactly where we were in the office. I remember that little empty room. Do you remember that, Bob? Oh, yeah. And that chair in the corner that Mm -hmm. you were sitting on. Mm Mm-hmm. And I knelt down at your feet and I said, honey, I have something I need to tell you. Um, I've, I've had an affair. I committed adultery. Mm-hmm. And the initial thought is, it's almost as, as though there's flashes in your mind of what has been transpiring, you know, over the last, you know, months uh, those feelings that you had that there's the something suspicions. wrong. Yeah. yeah, the suspicions, even the conversations that we had, and you trying to defend myself, defend yourself, yeah. but also to reassure, mm-hmm. you know, to me, no, there's nothing, nothing, that's, that's going nothing's on. inappropriate here. And so, you know, your greatest fear is now upon you. Now yeah. you're now what you thought is really a reality. And so right away you want to minimize it. You don't want it to be what you, you know, as deep or as Real. far gone yes. as, as, it, as it is. And so through my questions, you know, my questions then immediately turned, you know, to an interrogation, you know, where I'm now, now it's not just information. Now I'm angry. You know, now, you know, you've, you've really lied. It's a real betrayal. It's and now my questions turn into judgments, mm-hmm. and 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 now I'm condemning. You you know because how you've could been so you? Hurt. You've been so how, how betrayed. How could you? And, yeah. and 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 you know, and and you're just going going after. You know I was just going after you, and there's just because inside of me is all this fear, mm-hmm. and fear will always generate those images of worst case scenario and all of a sudden there's no future all of a sudden this isn't just a little oops or a little mistake that we're going to be able to just you know get by I mean because you were one of the most loving forgiving accommodating you know people I'd ever known and it's just like I I I don't know that 
you know, a simple I'm sorry is going to do it. So inside of my mind, I'm beginning to generate images of, of how do I remedy this? How do I, but in my mind, my mind is, is where you create images of, of self-protection. Yes. And your mind is where you create concept of how, to, how do I defend or protect my ego, my self-perception? How do I do that? And that's what, what, I, what I was going through. You know, being a pastor, being a Christian leader in the city, you know, our family, you know, what are we going to do here? And, and but what then began to rise up in me in those very first moments was self-protection. I'm innocent. You're guilty. You're the one that everyone loves. You're the one that everyone admires. You're the one that everyone thinks is so perfect. You're the one, and all of these judgments are just flying out of me. And now it's just like, no, I'm the good person here. So you see, I'm the I'm the one that everyone you know, needs to know. I'm the great husband. I'm the great father. And you're guilty. You know, you're... And those were... These were things ne- not necessarily that I was saying, but they were going on in my heart. And and one of the first images that I had was that I, I'm, I'll just get in the car and I'll leave. And in my absence, you know, people would eventually question, you know, where's Bob? But it was all about exposing you. I didn't want to cover you. I didn't want to protect you. I wanted to expose you because you did this to me. That's mm-hmm. the judgment. Mm-hmm. You did this to me. I I asked you, I gave you a way out, you know, months earlier and you didn't. You know, I gave you opportunity and you chose this other person, you didn't choose me. You know, I mean, the, the, the judgment and the condemnation that was there, but the self-righteousness and the pride and the arrogance that was in me. There, there was no kindness. There was, there was uh, I mean, this is a lot of hurt. And, you know, I, I'm wondering, you know, our listeners are like, yeah, I yeah. would be too. And shock. I would be too. Mm-hmm. But then what I did is, you know, I, I went to my office, you know, not really not knowing what to do, not knowing how to pray, not knowing Who an to answer. Yeah. I had no solution here. All I yeah. saw is that this is this is it. Mm-hmm. You know, life as we know it is, it is now over. over. This, and, the, the hurricane has hit our life and yeah. just completely ravaged everything. Yeah. So I went to my office and all I could do was... A real simple prayer as I stared at a blank wall and I said, Holy Spirit, what do I do? I I, I just didn't know. But it's that simple act of humility that opens the doorway to to invite God's solutions for your life. Mm -hmm. So immediately, you know, just the imagery and the thought of this particular book on my bookshelf. Hmm. I, I know my books quite well, know where they are. And yes. it was just like, this book, call that author. And that was uh, Leo Godzich, who had been a guest on our television program a year prior. I gave them a call and immediately, you know, we were connected. 
And then he asked me this simple question, who knows? I said, nobody. And then he says the statement, good, let's keep it that way. And I'm like, wait a minute, because I'm, I'm ready to tell, you know, your parents who are uh, uh, mine and your employers, uh, we need to tell the, the leadership of the church. I mean, my whole idea is we need to get a committee to, together and discuss how are we going to handle this? Absolutely. How are we going to manage yes. this? And he says, no. He says, don't tell anyone until we talk later this evening. So then that evening, just you and I are together and mm. we're, we're talking with him over a speakerphone. And the pain, and, what I remember about that evening, Bob, I, yeah. it's funny when you have memories of trauma, you remember every detail. I remember the colors of our wall in that family room. I remember where the phone was sitting yeah, beside where the we speaker. Yeah, we were seated. Mm-hmm. Remembering that little half step. And I remember yeah. the phone being there and here being on speakerphone. And Bob, I don't know if I've ever been so scared in my entire life. Because, you know, we all carry atmospheres with us. But the, the anger and the rage that I felt from you just scared me out of my mind. Like, I don't know how... Wherever, and I deserved every bit of it, Bob. I didn't resist it, but I was so scared. And I just thought I deserve it all. I deserve to be punished. I deserve yeah. to pay. I deserve everything that this, yeah. this is going to take. But I'm so scared. Yeah. And what I was anticipating and even possibly hoping for is that Leo would take my side and add to it. So emphasize what you were feeling. Yes. Audrey, how could you do this? What were you thinking? You know, and, and really shame you, mm-hmm. you know, to to correction. You know, right. really shame you in that way. And punish me for a and, while. Yeah. I, I'll do the punishment. He can shame. Okay. <laughs> but it was, I mean, that's really what I was looking at, expecting. Because I'm innocent and you're wrong. And I hope our listeners are are hearing me in in my spiritual pride, you know, of of just condemning you and and exalting myself. I, it, it's so warped in, in in so many different ways. And so that evening we begin to talk, and I'm I'm like really challenged because he's speaking to me as a husband. He's speaking to me as a man, and he begins to challenge me, which I thought was really quite unfair because you're the guilty one, I'm the innocent one. Hmm, yeah. And so I, 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 I believe that the onus then is on you. Yeah. You made the mess. I got to fix you, it. You yeah. fix it. Yes. You yes. know? Uh, you, you, and I was ready to. You know my heart. Right. I was... I yeah. was feeling like a little, like, less worthy than a bug. Like, I mean... So Proverbs 25, 2, and he brings this hmm. verse out. It says, mm-hmm. it's God's glory to conceal a matter and for a king to discover its understanding. And he begins to challenge me with this principle of covering, asking me, Bob, will you cover your wife? And for me in that moment, it was a brand new principle or just a whole new truth for me because everything inside of me wanted to expose you and shame you. But he says, that is not the heart of God. That's not the heart of a husband. That's not, that's not love. Love will cover. Now, mm. what, that, what that doesn't mean is that you'll ignore it, 
but rather in in love you will cover and in covering you protect from any further injury or harm i'm going to defend you i'm going to fight for you in those moments i was against you i was opposing you but that's not the heart of god that's not the heart of a king it's not a heart of a husband and so even in this betrayal will you choose to defend and fight for your wife and it's a, it's a brand new thought for me and then the second principle is that when you cover what in it's like an open wound you go quickly to cover that wound to pr- protect it from from any further injury but then also you you'll clean that wound you'll suture it you'll bandage it you'll cover it again to promote healing that's redemptive love in a relationship hmm and that's what god does to me yeah me too in my yes in 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 my betrayal yes in my choosing in uh, my mistakes my failures every- he comes to me and he loves me there and he says you're worth it he never gets, I know who yes. you are. I'm going to defend you. Yes. I'm going to fight for you. Yes. I'm going to cover wow, you. Wow, what a God. And I'll do everything Amazing that I can yes. to promote healing in your life. You are worth it. What an amazing God we have, Bob, that he doesn't punish. He doesn't get mad. He doesn't expose. He, he just comes to us in our pain and he covers us. Yeah. So my... All I could do, because I, I want I want people to know as they're listening mm-hmm. that I am no saint. I mean, I was out of my mind, crazy angry. Yeah. I, I really was. I know. And so in those in those times, recognize you need help. Yes. You know, for you and I, I remember when I first told you that I had called Leo. You were shocked, you, you surprised. I do like that. Wh- wh- why him? Why because him? We don't know yeah. him. But you need help. You need someone to come alongside you. Yes. That will help you navigate this minefield. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're going to say things and you're going to do things that you will regret because and cause will cause further, further damage, damage. Yes. that you'll have to repair later on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There are things people say mm-hmm. in the voice of honesty yes. that are devastating. And once the, words have been spoken and heard, they are very hard yeah, to forget. Yeah, they're, they're, near, they're impossible to forget. Yes. Uh, and so working beyond, mm-hmm. you know, the images that they create uh, is is extremely challenging. And so I, one of the best things I ever did yeah. was to call Leo. Yeah. In, the, in those first, you see, that's where. It makes you cry. Yeah. Yeah. Because somebody was there for me. Yes. That gave me truth. Yes. He, he didn't sympathize with me. He didn't coddle me. He didn't say, poor you. But rather, he invited me to grow in this. He called me higher. Wow. When you've been betrayed, when you've been lied, when you've uh, been discarded, mm-hmm. are you going to become the victim? Hmm. Or 
will you come a little bit higher and gain a new perspective? Wow. A God point of view. Wow. I, I can say this now. Right. But in the moment, yeah. I was crazy. Yeah. In the moment, I was out of my mind. I was so angry. But you need someone to come alongside you. And what you need to do is listen to them. Mm-hmm. Listen to them and follow. Audrey and I, you, you, you and I, we've helped so many couples. And those that will heed our counsel, mm-hmm. that will do what we ask, yes. we can propel them quickly. Fast track to healing. Fast track to healing. Yes. But when they get in trouble is when they digress and get off of the direction and the yes. counsel that they're receiving yes. from us. And all they're doing is prolonging that healing process. And I'm not trying to be critical because I understand the pain. Yes. But I am so thankful because, honestly, I did not know what to do. I know. And I'm so, we, <coughs> we actually, we, if we, it's like if you can imagine going to a car wreck, a fatal or almost fatal car wreck, and who do you call? You go 911. You don't try and, if you were left on your own after a car wreck, you would die. Because there's no one to help to bring healing, to, to bring a, an a assessment to yeah. what needs to be done. And so I think, you know, just f- for our general listener here today, yeah. a, a principle, that, principle that you can bring out of this is mm-hmm. that the choices and the life that you've been living has brought you to where you are. Therefore, it's insufficient to take you to where you need to be. You need a course correction. You're not seeing right. You haven't dis- discerned properly. And so you need that wise counsel mm-hmm. and you need truth. Mm-hmm. You absolutely need truth. And oftentimes truth will oppose your present circumstance. I know that when Leo started telling you truth that night, I remember you were just like, are you kidding me? Like you're <laughs> you're challenging me when when... In this kind of a situation, that yeah. was the first night. That was the same day that I had told you. Right. You were in shock, but he came to a 911 situation and knew what had to be done. Yeah. He knew that I was sorry and that I was repentant, and he knew that you were in rage mode. Yeah. And he was like, Bob, like man to man, he said, I'm holding you responsible. Yeah. And I'm not... Not responsible for the affair. I, no, that's no. not what I mean. But for your reaction. You, you have... Yes. Yeah. Completely yeah. responsible for my own reaction. Absolutely. Yeah. And because what, I, what you want to do is to blame the other person because of you, I'm angry. Yes. Because of you, I'm reacting this way because of you. And that's where you're hanging the blame on the other person. Mm-hmm. So that personal responsibility was huge. Mm-hmm. Really, really big. He called, he called, I, d- I didn't know it in the moment. No. All I was doing was, okay. You listen to his You words. know something yes. I don't. Yes. You're an expert when I'm it comes gonna, to I'm going to have to trust you. Yeah. Because I don't trust myself right no. now. I don't trust myself. So uh, that was that was the first night. But then you know, I'm I'm ready to hang up. Nobody knows. The other instructions, uh, I'll just I'll just share uh, the two of them uh, quickly. And and one was the next day you were instructed to tell, tell your my mom parents. And dad. Yes. You know, they're not just your parents, but our employers. Yes. Uh, you tell them separately what had happened, mm-hmm. and so that brought a little sense of relief. So I'm not holding this all myself. Right. 
And uh, but then the big question was, what do I do this night, this mm-hmm. very first night? Because I thought we're not sleeping together. We're right. not. I mean, we need to be separated. It was felt volatile. Yeah, I, but it was just I didn't want to be with you. No, and I wouldn't say that I was a real safe person to be with. I mean, mm-hmm. nothing would have gone wrong, but I mean, yes. I, I was just that angry. And so I asked him, I said, you know, what do I do tonight? Do I sleep on the couch? Do I get a hotel? Do I go to her folks' house? You know, what do I do tonight? And without hesitation, he immediately said, Bob, you will get back into your marriage bed tonight. You and Audrey will not spend one night apart from each other because we will not participate with a spirit of divorce. Divorce had never really entered my mind. Hmm. But sometimes by the choices that we make, we can open that door. And so who will you align yourself with? Will you align yourself with truth, even when it's opposing to your present circumstances? Because in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, you know, 16, 17, 18, it says that through Moses came the law, but through Christ Jesus came both grace and truth. In order for you to experience the enablement and the empowerment of God for your life, you must be willing to embrace truth. 100% truth, 100% grace. Hmm. And when you embrace that truth, Mm -hmm. even though it hurts, there's a grace that you will experience that that truth not only can, but will become your reality. The the, the truth that you did, you faced that night, honey, um, had the power to begin the healing process, even though there were many very challenging, rocky days ahead. And so I remember that night when we went to bed. Yeah, me too. And there was no, I mean, it was cold. Yes. And I remember hugging the edge of the bed, you know, just staying as far away from you as I could. Just yes. trying to project as much and hate. And to create as much distance. Oh my gosh, it was yes. horrible. But what I did is I laid there and I stared out the window into what I describe as the darkest night of my life. Hmm. Because I didn't see hope. Right. Every dream, yeah. you know, that we had shared from our dating days, from yeah. our courting days. Yeah. Three beautiful kids in the other room. Yeah. You know, a life of influencing this world for the love of God. You know? Gone. Every, everything. Everything. Everything was gone. Everything that we believed in. Possibilities were Discarded gone. and thrown away. Yeah. That was the darkest night of my life. And what was so surprising was that it wasn't just the hope of the future erased, but I was so surprised that 17 years of what I would describe as the best marriage imaginable, Mm -hmm. every happy memory of those 17 years was gone. And the fears of my heart were screaming what I believed about myself. You're unlovable. You're undesirable. She'll mm. never be faithful to you. You've never deserved her. You know, all of the, all of those self-condemning thoughts were just screaming in my ear that night. And that, you know, if there's a future, 
it could never be what you had dreamt or hoped it would. Well, this is, we're nearing the end of this podcast, episode number two right now. We want you to know that this is not the end of the story and it's not the end of the challenge. No. Next episode, we'll talk about the, we just, when we thought it was as bad as it could get, the next challenge came um, that we'll talk about in the next episode. However, let's talk about the principles that we've talked about today. First of all, the secrets. I held a secret. And I thought that I could keep that secret forever. But the en- but you see, the enemy knows, of our relationships knows, that a secret has the potential to divide. Even though it's invisible, it has a potential to bring a disconnect between you and that other person. Yeah, in your relationships. In your relationships. But it even brings a divide within your own heart. That you're holding in your, a secret. In your relationship with yourself. You know what? I um, I think of the scriptures where it says, you know, you, you confess your sins to God and he forgives you. But in the book of James, it says, confess, confess your sins one to another and he heals you. Yeah. So I'm not telling you to just tell all your secrets right no. at this point. No. Please stick with us in these podcasts. We're going to talk about a lot of wise ways mm-hmm. to bring honesty into a relationship. Don't just dump all your junk and, and, on someone else after hearing this podcast. But do please be committed to truth. Because yeah. in a very wise way, for yourself, truth for yourself. Don't impose it on someone no, else. No, but just decide in your heart. I don't want to keep secrets, yeah. even if it's not telling the person you've offended. But somebody needs to know yeah. and walk you through. And the other thing we talked about was for you, Bob, that self protection. And I think a lot of people in the relationships are at that place of, I need to protect myself. I'm going to manage this, and I'm going to fix this my own way. Mm-hmm. And I heard you in humility reaching out to God and saying, what not, you know, what do I do? And I think that's the most important question we can ask. Yeah. And God said, that's where he told you it's time to cover. Love yeah. covers yeah. a multitude of sins. And I just want to say, I'm so grateful, Bob, that yes, you were angry and yes, you were full of rage, but deep, deep, deep down in your heart, Bob, you were willing and you yeah. were humble. And when you are, when any of us are, find ourselves in a crisis to be willing and humble are the most valuable things we can have as we move forward Mm -hmm. to the fast track of healing. Yeah. And as we close, I'm thinking of people that we've worked with Mm -hmm. and that have come to us in their desperation, not knowing what to do. And they've taken the counsel. They've discovered the love of God. They've, you know, made some, they've made some major course corrections. And experienced the rescue. Yeah. Was it always easy? No. no. Were, were there some really deep valleys? Yes. Yeah. Has it been worth it? Absolutely. Everyone that I, if I were able to introduce you to them, would tell you the same. It's worth it. Exactly. So now as we close, our prayer for you is that you have been filled up with faith, hope, and love. Because even this is not the end of our story, and it's not the end of your story. And a wonderful future awaits you as you say yes to peace with God. Say yes to peace with yourself and peace with others. And um, we talk a lot about marriage, but this podcast has the potential to help you in all of your relationships. The principles of secrets, of forgiveness, of covering, apply to every single one of your relationships. Good. Well, thank you for letting us be a part of your day, and we'll see you next time.
And then I also yes. just want to mention, share this podcast with your friends and family. Leave your comments. Our resources and speaking schedule is available at bobandaudrey.com. But on a very specific note, we have an e-course called Marriage 911, where we have made a way to be in people's homes through videos and a workbook to just help people get through those moments those of moments. rescue yep. and trauma. And it is available. We've done it just to love people. Mm-hmm. When we can't answer your phone call, at least we can get you Marriage 911 and get truth into your hearts so that you can get onto that fast track of healing. Good. Well, thanks again. Visit our website, bobandaudrey.com as well, all about relationships, and we'll see you next time.